today on New Season. If he took you out of a habit, if he took you out of a pain, if he took you out of a relationship, out of a mindset, if he took you out of that, please listen carefully. Here's the word of the Lord. God took you out. And I'm going to speak to you prophetically right now. Not only did God take you out, even if it was uncomfortable and painful, but I'm going to prophesy to you, you're never going back to the village. I'm going to say that one more time. You're not going back to the village. I don't care how many times they text you. I don't care how many times they DM you. I don't care how many times they call you. You're not going back to that village. And now, here's today's word with Pastor Sam Rodriguez. Blessed beyond measure to be here with you. It's a divine appointment indeed. There's a, even as we were worshiping, I'm, I'm like modifying just what God is just the downloads that's specific for today. But I just want to honor and recognize your, how many of y'all know you have the best pastor on the planet? Yeah. Pastor Chad, Pastor Marla, thank you for having me here. I'm a blessed man indeed. Thank you for making some space. And I, are there any questions? Because, and that's, that's hence the, uh, there's, so if you, So there's a, fine, there's, a fine, there's a fine line between the prophetic and the pathetic. There is. And, and, I, am acute, and I, am, I am orthodox, which means I am so committed to biblical truth, biblical orthodoxy. And if, it, if, it, if you say it's coming from God, man, it better be 127.3% God. Otherwise, you mess people up. I'm going to give you something God, and I say that with fear and trembling, with that rubric. I'm going to give you something God gave me for you. Some of you have been through a season, a time, where you have seen, you, you came out of the, that rough patch, that proverbial ouch, that I can't believe, I, you, you made it out by the grace of God, but you saw so many things. And I, if, if you just... If you came out of a season in your life where you have seen pain and failure and brokenness and despair and distress, I, I need to give you this word. This year will not be that year. This is at least for five people here. You are about to see the grace of God, the favor of God, the glory of God, the touch of God, like you have never seen before if you believe that open up your mouth and give God your best shout of praise without getting engaging in rhetorical hyperbole I want you to look at your neighbor the one you like and tell your neighbor I'm not kidding open your eyes you're about to see the grace of God the favor of God and the glory of God like you have never seen before in all of your life. All right, we got to hurry. You may be seated. You may be seated. We're going to get into the word. It, it's, I want to speak to you briefly tonight in, in, in an expedited manner. And, and, and so it's, are there any questions? In an expedited manner. 
and, and on the subject, messy miracles. Messy miracles. There are two, on two different occasions in Scripture, Jesus engages what we would deem as an unorthodox way of bringing about a miracle. Not highly recommended in today's day and age. On both, and this is going to sound a little bit crude or coarse, but it is what it is. On two occasions, Jesus, addressing people that were blind, he... There was an anointing on the spittle. Jesus spit. And on one occasion, he took the spit, mixed it up with the dirt, made mud, spread the mud, and made a mess. The Greek word there about spreading it was meant he completely spread it. And I want to show you through scripture that it may look like a mess, but it's actually a miracle. And initially, you may see things may not necessarily line up the way that you perceived things or that you had a pre, some sort of construct of how things would line up. But in behind that mess, there's a miracle. So right now, if, there, if your kids look like a mess, there's a miracle behind that mess. If your family looks like a mess, there's a miracle behind that mess. If your finances look messy and Christ is your Lord, put a smile on your face. <sighs> because behind that mess, there's a miracle. And I'm going to be audacious. I am believing this is the year. Este es el año que tu milagro se va a hacer una realidad. This is the year. So I'm gonna get, I want to illustrate this sermon. I need to spit on two people. Any volunteers? Wow, you're courageous. You're, you're, you're fine, you're fine. I'm, that's just, woo, la sangre de Cristo, Señor, ayúdame, Padre. I'm going to put two stories together. Here it is. I want to biblically and prophetically juxtapose two biblical narratives that will serve the purpose of opening your eyes to what God has for you next. Oh. All right, I, George. Yeah, two volunteers. That's you and who else, George? One, one, all right, one George who's not volunteering because he gets paid union wages for this. What's your name? It's Danny. It's Danny? Danny. We're going to get really personal, Danny. <laughs> oh, Danny. Be careful what you volunteer for. We do live in a world blinded by apathy, by relativism, by complacency, by voyeurism, materialism, by discord, by sin, by dissonance, by spiritual myopia. We live in a world that's blinded today. Man, the world is blinded, 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 blinded. But the good news is the same Jesus that 2,000 years ago opened up the eyes of the blind still opens up, up the eyes of the blind here today and across this nation. Here's a story, Mark chapter 8, Messy Miracles. When they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus. They begged him to touch the man and heal him. Jesus took the blind man. I had too many soy lattes. Jesus took the blind man. Calmate, hijo, calmate. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. So there's a blind man. That's you. Well, one of the blind guys, I have to put some mud on. No, no. I, we just met, so you're, you're, I'm not going to put the mud on you. You're, you're the guy at Bethsaida. You're, you're, that's, you're the guy. I'm gonna, okay, you're the guy. You're the, you, George, get ready. 
So Jesus took the blind man by the hand. Danny, come with me here. You're blind. Put, it, put, it, put something on him. Blind him up. Just put him. So he took the blind man by the hand and let him out. Watch this. Underline this. Let him out of the village. Let him out of the village. The first step. Let him out of the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes. He laid his hands on him and asked, can you see anything now? Can you see anything now? The man looked around and said, yeah, I see people, but I can't see them clearly. They look like trees walking around. And Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were open. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. Watch this. Now, you juxtapose that story with the other blind man, John chapter 9. As Jesus was walking, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Wait a minute. Stop. So this man had his, his vision restored. He wasn't born blind. At one time in his life, he could see. That's how he had a comparative analysis. He had a previous construct of trees and of people. Hence, these people look like trees. And the Bible says explicitly in the Greek that the vision was restored. If it was restored, it meant he had it at one occasion. But that guy over there, he was born blind. He never had vision. Jesus spit both of their eyes. Except with that guy, he spits on the ground first. Follow this. You're going to get this. So as Jesus was walking, he saw that man by front. He spit on the ground, but he made mud with the saliva. To this guy, Jesus went direct. And if he had allergies, boy, did he. But right there, to that guy, he spit on the ground. He made mud and spread, spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. And he told him, go wash yourself in the pool. The man went and washed and came back seen. And it happened on the Sabbath. The first step, if you're taking any notes, in order for your eyes to open up to everything God has for you this year, this prophetic year of exceedingly abundantly above all, this year above everything else, you must come out of the village. It requires you to move out of the village of complacency. When they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought, and they begged him. And Jesus led the man by the hand, and he took him out. You, you will never, Jesus could have. He's inside. But Jesus took him out of the village. There comes a time that Jesus takes you out of your place of comfort. He takes you out of your place where you are constantly, where your weakness and your shortcoming it's affirmed and validated where people get high off your problem. Now, get this. He takes you out of the village where you have a, a, a society, a mutual affirmation society of your problems and weaknesses, but you're not surrounded by the kind of people that dare to look at you and say, God has something better for you than what you're currently in. And all they do is just pile on, pile on. You need to surround yourself with people, not people that talk about your past, but the people that launch you to your future. You need to learn to surround yourself with people, not the people... So, so Jesus led him out of the village. He took him out of, by, by the way, how do we know biblically speaking that the village was not una cosa buena? How do we know that? Because at the end of the narrative, Jesus looks at this man and says, are you, are, can you see me now? Yes, you can. Good, good, good. By the way, here it is. Don't go back to that place. 
Don't go back to that village. I'm here to tell you right now, some of you have been through a season where God has been pulling you out and it's been uncomfortable. It hasn't been the most, it hasn't been like, woo, it's been, oh, but he's been pulling you out. I want you to know it's not the devil trying to, it's God taking you into the fullness of his purpose. If God took you out of a situation, if he took you out of a relationship, if he took you out of a mindset, if he took you out of a habit, if he took you out of a paradigm, if he took you out of an old thing, stop whining, stop complaining. When Jesus takes you out, it only means one thing. You're about to see what you have. Here it is. And I will bring the blind by a way that they they know not in paths. They know not that I will lead them. I will make darkness light before them. I will lead them. And I will make the crooked places in their lives straight. These things I will do and I will not forsake them. If in the past one year, two years, three years, if God has taken you out of something and you know it was God, raise one hand. If he took you out of a bunch of stuff, raise both hands. If he took you out out of a bunch of stuff that you, you've lost count. Raise both hands and a foot. If he took you out of a habit, if he took you out of a pain, if he took you out of a relationship, out of a mindset, if he took you out of that, please listen carefully. Here's the word of the Lord. God took you out. And I'm gonna speak to you prophetically right now. Not only did God take you out, even if it was uncomfortable and painful, but I'm gonna prophesy to you, you're never going back to the village. I'm gonna say that one more time. You're not going back to the village. I don't care how many times they text you. I don't care how many times they DM you. I don't care how many times they call you. You're not going back to that village. You're not going back to that village. You're not going back to the village. Not only that, you're not going back to the village of despair and defeat and drought and sin and insecurity and brokenness and perpetual poverty. No. And uh, let me even go further. That's why I sense the anointing for today. Not only are you never going back to the village, your children and your children's children and your children's 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 children will never enter that village ever in the name of Jesus. They will never go back to that village. Oh. If you believe that, raise your hand. What God took you out of cannot compare to where he's taking you to. What you, left, what you left behind cannot compare to what lies ahead. Oh, man. And so he, he took you out of that village. He took you out. He took you out. He, he te sacó de esa aldea. He took you out of that village. And, and that's the first step because you, you need to leave the, the, the village of complacency. And sometimes God will shift you from the village of complacency to the solace of conviction. And it requires a process. He'll take you out. Mm. And that's, that's the reason. And, and, and. See, because in reality, it's, if not for taking us out, he, 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 some of us shouldn't even really be here right now. Some of us should be stuck in the proverbial village. 
but not. He, he, he rescued you. And it did not make any sense, but he took you out. And why are we harboring on this point? Because some of us shouldn't even be here right now. Some of us, according to the enemy's plan, we should be permanent citizens and residents of the village. But some of us right now today should be in a hospital room, in a mental asylum, in prison, in jail, somehow getting high, stoned. If you're from California, I would say getting baked, which is Berkeley talk. And some of us should be shacking up and hooking up. Some of us should be six feet under. But guess what? It's 2018. You're not in a hospital room right now. You're not in jail right now. You're not in prison right now. You're not in... You're not six feet under. You are in God's house lifting up the name of Jesus because Jesus came along and he took you out of the village. Now, so he, he took him out. Of, and watch this now. He took him out of the village. And then this is what he did. Now, he spit on him. Danny, you're not in Kansas anymore. Keep your eyes closed. All right. Now, keep your eyes closed. Can't open them. Why would Jesus spit on the man? Why would he spit? If pastor would begin to spit in the altar call, in people's eyes, boy, santo Dios, ayúdanos, padre. <laughs> Let me explain this. He spits. He sp oh, he took him out, which is what God does. He and he spits. When he spits, here's the first thing that comes to mind automatically. In the spit of Jesus, not speaking figuratively, prophetically, or even metaphorically, there's no euphemism here, no analogy, no. It's just literally, in the spit of Jesus was his DNA. Y'all didn't get that. If you ever watch CSI of any sort or the 23andMe commercial, listen, in your saliva is your DNA. No, 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 no están entendiendo ni papa. In your saliva, there is DNA. What does that mean? When Jesus spit, he literally not, this is a rhema word. It's not even a rhema word. It's just, it's just factual. Factual, it's just literal. It's both logos and rhema. He, he literally transferred his, his DNA. He placed his DNA. This is Jesus, not just anybody. This is Jesus, the son of man, the son of God, the way, the truth, and the life, the resurrection and the life, the conqueror, the lion of the tribe of Judah. This is Jesus. This is the creator of the universe took his DNA and he placed his DNA on his face, on his eyes. In other words, with your DNA, you are blind. With my DNA, you're about to see my glory. Are you getting this? With your DNA, you go around in the desert. With my DNA, you and your family will step into the promised land. Are you with me? Are you with me? With your DNA, you will crawl on the ground. With my DNA, you will rise up with wings as eagles and you will soar. Raise your hands. Raise your hands. It's called holy transference. The DNA of Jesus. Lo, lo que estaba en Cristo lo puso en él. What was 
Jesus, his DNA, what was in him, he placed it upon him. He transferred over. You're not, I don't know if you're getting this. I'm, I'm speaking to you prophetically out of God's word. If, if you are a Christ follower, I want you to know that there's already a transference already took place. You're not hearing me. It's not going to take place when you die. Stop it. It's not going to take place when you get to heaven. Stop it. The moment you receive Jesus and you are filled with his spirit. Pastor Sam, what are you saying? That you already have Jeep. You have a piece of, what, what do you mean? You are, just forget about spit. The same spirit. Not a clone spirit, not a derivative spirit, not a tangential spirit, not a similar spirit. But the same, Romans 8, 11, the same identical spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. My God, that's the reason hell cannot keep you down. That's the reason life cannot keep you down. Because the moment you go down, you get right back up again because he transferred. Because he transferred. Raise your hands and say, I have the same spirit. He transferred his spirits. He gave me his spirits. He also gave you his name, by the way. John 14, 14, he gave you his name. Y'all don't hear that. He gave you his name. I said he gave you his name. He gave you his name. And it's not just any name. It is the name above every other name. He gave you Jesus Christ. He gave you his name. There's a transfer. There's a transfer. All right, all right, all right, all right. So he, he, there, was, there was a transference. The DNA. Papa. Where are you going to land this now? First of all, you have to open your eyes by getting, by moving, by letting God drive you and direct you out of the village of complacency. Number two, you have to open your eyes to a prophetic alignment. Let me explain. You receive this prophetic DNA. Jesus spits on him and says, open your eyes now. Open your eyes, Danny. What do you see? The man says this. Well, I can see people, but, but they look like trees. Stop for a second. It prompted what he said was so provocative that it prompted Jesus to do it again. Let me do this again. Why? Now, theologians have debated this. Did Jesus have a bad day? It's the only occasion where he had to do this thing twice. Was it his fault? Not at all. Let me explain to you what happened here. What had happened was, <laughs> it wasn't Jesus' fault. Because he used to see before, from an ophthalmological reality, do your Google due diligence, it's called a prior construct, a schemata. Let me explain. If you used to see and you lose your sight, your memory bank keeps stored the very last things you saw. And there's, there's a canopy of memories that are embedded in, in your brain of the things you saw. So the moment he received his new vision, he viewed it via the lenses of his old experience. You're not getting that. He was seeing the new with the eyes of the old. It wasn't Jesus' fault. Jesus healed him. But his mind did not catch up to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
You got to start seeing. You got to start seeing the new thing with the new mind. There has to be an alignment. You can't see the new thing speaking the old language. You can't see the new thing doing the same old thing. The new wine requires new wine skin. Are you with me right now? Look at your neighbor, tell him alignment. You cannot embrace the new while you're still holding on to the old. Ah. New vision requires new thinking. New promise requires a new prayer life. And there's a fight between the old man and the new man. Matthew 9, 17, the new wineskin requiring, the new wine requiring new wineskin. There's a fight between the old and the new. There's a fight between what's new and what's old. And I, I'm, I'm going to tell you what this, the Spirit of God placed in my heart to tell you. This is a year of alignment. He's, your, your thinking, your habits, your actions, your relationships will line up with the new thing that God is doing in your life. There will no longer be a dichotomy or a disconnect. In the matter of fact, I want you to repeat after me. I'm not that person anymore. No, no, that's not. Look at somebody, someone you barely tolerate next to you. And, 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 and tell them, I'm not that old person anymore. Tell them, I'm not kidding. I'm not who I used to be. I don't talk the way I used to talk. I don't think the way I used to think. I don't give the way I used to give. I don't pray the way I used to pray. I don't praise the way I used to praise. I don't worship the way I used to worship. I don't react the way I used to react. I'm not that person anymore. I'm not that person anymore. You are a new creation in Christ. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. And, that's, and then, not only does he open his eyes, but he, Jesus does this. But can you see? I see trees. Well, let me do it again. Open your eyes to a God who will not stop. Until he gets it right in your life. What does that mean? I am personally grateful that he did not do one time and say, do you see now? I see trees. You're on your own, Dutch. Bye-bye. Jesus stuck around and said, I'm not leaving you, sunshine, until I finish what I started in you. I don't know about you, but I am grateful that Jesus stuck around the first time, the second time, the third time, the fourth time, the fifth time, the sixth time, the seventh time, the eighth time. How many are here because Jesus never gave up on you? Let me ask one more time. How many are here because Jesus never gave up on you? You, you are not here because you perfectly held on to God. You are here because God perfectly held on to you. You're not here because your faith is so efficient. You are here because his grace is always sufficient. Are you with me right now? It, if God stuck around more than one time, two times, if he kept on doing it, tell, raise your, if you're grateful for that, raise your hand. I say this every time. I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a church for the first time. This is the reason why we are as vociferous about our praise and worship as we are. 
has nothing to do with your denominational stream. It has nothing to do with your black, white, yellow, or brown, charismatic, or automatic. It has nothing to do with you're Republican or Democrat. It has nothing to do with absolutely social economic class, GED or PhD. Nothing. The reason why some of us are louder than others, and don't judge us, man. The reason is because the size of our praise is directly proportional to the magnitude of the hell that God took us out of. I'm going to say that one more time. The size of your praise is directly proportional to the magnitude of the hell that God took you out of. In other words, if God took you out of a little hell, then you give him a little praise. But if he saved you, if he delivered you, if he healed you, if he turned you around and placed your feet on solid ground, then you give God your highest. I dare you to. I dare you to high five your neighbor. Tell him, I'm so glad. He never gave up on me. Tell your other neighbor, I'm so glad he never gave up on me. When other people gave up on me, when some of my friends gave up on me, when I gave up on myself, he never gave up on me. Hey, are you getting this? He did it again. Somebody say, he did it again. He did it again. He did it again. That's why you can't get depressed. Oh my, I want my kids to be free. I don't, I don't like them. I, I don't like the fact that they're not, they're not, they're not following Jesus and, and they're not doing the right things. And, 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 yeah, stop worrying. God will not stop. Are you with me right now? I'm here to tell you he will do it again and he will never, ever, ever give up on you or stop. Philippians 1, 6, he who started the good work will finish the work he has started. 1 Thessalonians 5, 24, he who called you is faithful to do it. Oh, wow. Just raise your hands and say, I'm so glad he never gave up on me. Tell your other neighbor, I'm so glad. He never gave up on me. All right, look up here for a second, look up. Remember how he saw trees because he had an old construct? An old construct, an old paradigm? It wasn't Jesus' fault, it was his thinking's fault? Raise your right hand. I want to give you a word. The mistakes of your past will no longer obstruct the miracles of your future. And the memories of what you went through will no longer hinder the mandate of where you're going to. If that's for you, say hallelujah. If that's for you, say amen and amen. All right, all right, all right. All right we're done, we're done, we're done, we're done. We're done. Hey, we got we to hurry. We, gotta, we have minutes here. Are there any questions? All right, all right. stick around, stick around. Just stick around, don't go anywhere on me. As Jesus was walking along, he, he's, come here, sunshine. As Jesus was walking along, he, he, as Jesus was walking along, he, 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 he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Is this, is this, 
I love it. Now, I, I like your story. This is great. Wow. Woo. Mucho bueno. Esto estuvo tremendo. Gloria a Dios. Esto es tremendo. Te bendigo. But this guy's story is a little bit more compelling. The reason is you used to see. This miracle is unique in scripture. Because it's not that Jesus has the power to restore. He does. But he has the power to give you something you never had in the first place. Y'all didn't get that. I know you didn't get that. No, no, no. I'm going to tell, what, what, what tell you what the Holy Ghost told me to tell you. Not only will you see things restored this year, but even more important, you're about to see what you've never seen before. Now, I don't know if you're getting this, but in your family, in your home, in your marriage, in your ministry, in your life, in your finances, in your calling, in your church, in... You are about to see what you have never seen before. Raise your right hand. Repeat after me. I'm about to see what I've never seen before. Say it like you believe it. I'm about to see what I've never seen before. I'm about to see something new in my family, my home, my ministry, my calling, my career, my health, my prayer life, my pursuit of righteousness. I'm about to see for Jesus, in Jesus, with Jesus, what I've never seen before. If you believe it, give God a shout of praise. Shout. With the, with the woman of the issue of blood, he gave her back her health. With the invalid man at Bethesda, he gave him back his walk. With Lazarus, he gave him back his life. With this man, he gave him something he never had in the first place. Isaiah 43, 19, I'm about to do something new. I've already begun. So if you've been tested like never before, pruned, confronted, challenged, attacked, it means you're about to see what you've never seen before. It's not only a season of restoration, it's a season of, oh, it's a season of, oh, God, if you would only understand, it's a season of seeing what you've never seen. And by the way, stop asking God to restore things or repair things that he wants to give you a new version of. Make sure you have discernment and biblical and spiritual maturity. In order to distinguish, there are things that God wants to restore, but there are things that God does not want to, he doesn't want to renovate your past, he wants to release your future. Are you with me right now? Raise your right hand. Repeat after me. God's about to do something new. Because yeah, it's impossible to walk with an amazing God and not see awesome things. I'm going to wrap up. Noah saw a rainbow. Moses saw a burning bush. Jacob saw a ladder. Ezekiel saw a wheel. Peter saw a sheep descend. You will see what you've never seen before. Vas a ver lo que no ha visto anteriormente. 1 Corinthians 2.9. First Corinthians 2 9. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, or the heart or mind has imagined, God has prepared for those who love Him. You are about to see. You're saying, Pastor Sam, is that rhetorical hyperbole? Is that like what, what pastors and preachers say to excite people? <laughs> if you would only understand when God says, tag, you're it. 
And the moment he tells you to do crazy stuff like this, you're, you were born blind. You're not like Mr. Sunshine here. You're another Mr. Sunshine. You were born, you're not like him. You never had it. Aha, this requires me to do the following. I'm not just going to spit directly. When I made man, I made man, Genesis chapter 2, out of what? Out of dirt. So Jesus, because he wasn't born with sight, Jesus goes to the beginning. Done. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he went to the beginning of the process. I'm not just going to go here. I'm going to go to the beginning of 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 the beginning. God has the power to go back to the beginning of that hell you went through and the pain you experienced. He has the power to dig into the dirt, to dig into the dust, to go deep into your life. But it requires you it requires you to give him permission to touch your dirt. Are you willing to let God touch the dirt, the dust? That part. Let God root it out. I'm not going to deal with the symptoms. I'm going to go to the cause. So I'm going to go to the dirt. And he, and, and, and he my favorite part. And he takes his DNA. The man's already blind. And he puts mud. And in the Greek, read it, please. Feel free to do your biblical, exegetical due diligence. Because the Bible says that he not only places the mud, but he spreads it. He literally spread it. He made a mess he made a mess. It, it wasn't the devil that made the mess. It wasn't the devil that spread it. And then Jesus comes along. And, all right, uh-huh. You, you got the mud? Uh-huh. Yeah, it looks good. Then he has the audacity to tell, this is called a double-blind study. To tell a blind man with mud in his eyes to go wash himself. I'm done. I don't know if you're getting this. If anyone would be looking, if all the cameras were out, all the iPhones and all the Samsungs and, and everyone would be out and they would be just, it, from the outside, it looks like a man with a mess. It looked like a mess, but it was actually a miracle in the process. I don't care how messy it looks right now in your life. 
If you're in this church today, if you're in this house today, it only means one thing. There's a miracle coming out of that mess. There's a breakthrough coming out of that brokenness. There is destiny coming out of that drought. But you have to learn to do. You have to learn to do what this man did. He walked with his mess. You're not hearing me. He walked with his mess. You got to learn to walk with that mess. Walk with that pain. Walk with that. Walk. Because when it's all said and done, you will see what you have never seen before. Stop. Stop. When did he see? The moment Jesus put the mud on his eyes? No, wait a second. Stop. How can this man be carrying the DNA of Jesus and still not see? Wow. Stop it. At least this guy, mediocre way, but he, at least I can see something. I can see clearly now. But no. But this guy couldn't see anything. But he was carrying it. He was carrying it. Yet it wasn't full. But do you know when it actually turned on? When he walked in obedience to God's word. Yeah. No. No, 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 no. You're waiting for a miracle. There's actually a miracle waiting for you to walk in obedience to God's word. You, you want to stay here and sit down and go, yeah, I just wanted to turn on. And God said, it doesn't work like that. You got to walk in my word. You got to trust me. Even, even when life makes no sense keep walking keep believing keep walking keep walking faith everybody stand with me. you're not standing already if you're not standing already stand with me faith faith is trusting God when life makes no sense your, your miracle, your destiny the fullness of what God has for you will never turn on until you get up and start walking even when things are not completely clear, even when not for all the anal retentive OCD people in the world, even when every I is not dotted and every T is not crossed, when life doesn't make, he just walked in obedience. By the way, the Bible doesn't say he whined, he complained. He never said, Mr. Jesus, I was born blind and now, even if I could see, I can't see, which I can't. And you're telling me never a complaint. He just walked in obedience. You've got to walk. Many of you are carrying deposits from heaven that have yet to be activated because you're seated instead of walking. Wow. Because you're in a posture of comfort and complacency and you have, and I say this respectfully, you have a mindset of entitlement where you think the miracle is going to end up on your lap. Hey, sunshine, get up and grab a hold of it. It's already there waiting for you. But you have to walk by faith. you got to walk by faith. Let me give you an analogy. I'll let you go. That's just stand with me. When, when I go to the mall, when I take my wife shopping, which is usually the case, when I go to the mall and, and I drop off my wife and she, she, and then I park, that's usually the case, and I, I get out of the park, the, the, the car, and I'm walking and, and I get to the doors of the mall. I don't remember one time, these big malls in California, I don't remember one time where I ever have to turn the doorknob. You don't. Because you approach the doors, I walk up to a certain place. There's a sensor that reads my presence. And once the sensor recognizes that I'm there, those doors open up in my favor. I don't have to turn anything. But when I'm in the car, 
parking, the doors don't open. When I'm walking, you know, down the, the parking, it doesn't open. When I'm on the sidewalk in the street, I have to reach a certain, I have to walk up to a certain place. And then the doors open up in my favor. So I'm here to tell you, <laughs> if you're waiting for doors to come to you, keep on waiting. Why don't you stand up today and start walking in the name of Jesus? Because I assure you, hey, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to prophesy to someone here in the name of Jesus because of your obedience, because you've been walking with the mess, because when, when you should have given up, you didn't. When you should have stopped, you kept on going. This is the year doors are about to open up in your favor like they've never opened up before. If that's for you, shout like you believe it. Praise like you believe it. Worship like you believe it. All right, all right. Come here, blind man. Blind man, here's what we're going to do. Here's a bowl. Here's what I want you to do. When I say now, I want you to clean yourself. It's an illustration with prophetic implication. The moment you clean yourself, here's what I'm believing. I am believing in the name of Jesus, every single person in this conference, that their eyes are about to open up, and they will see what they've never seen before. No, they're not going to see other things. God bless them, you know, the restoration and all that. We love you. You're awesome. That's great. They're going to see what they've never seen before. They're going to see the favor of God, the glory of God, the grace of God, the blessings of God, the overflow of God for the glory of Christ. God with them, in with, and through them. They're going to become the greatest blessing to everyone they know. They're going to become the answer to someone else's prayer. They're going to be so blessed. They're going to exhibit Jesus in every... It's going to be so powerful, so redemptive. People will come to the knowledge of Christ as Lord and Savior because of the overflow coming out of their lives. So the moment, the moment you... They're about to see things they've never even seen. They couldn't even imagine. Exceedingly about above already at the count of three and by the way I'm believing by the time you get home by the time you get home that's you're by the time you get home tonight you will begin to see the glory and the grace and the favor of God like you've never seen before ready one two three clean yourself clean yourself clean yourself Ready? Ready? When I say now, open up your eyes. Ready? One, two, three. Now, open your eyes and give God a shout of praise. Yes! Raise your hands. One minute. Raise your hands. In Jesus' name, open your eyes to see the fullness of what God has for you. To see the fullness of the grace-filled work of Christ in you, with you, and through you. In every aspect of your life. Again, I am in what is called, I'm an evangelical Trekkie, which means I'm a math and science guy. I grew up in church. I saw the prophetic and the pathetic. I was turned off with the prophet liars and all that stuff. Until I had an encounter with God where every vestige of agnosticism or unbelief was taken away. The radical nature of just God showing up in such a, a way that mathematically speaking, it had to be God. And that's how I came to Christ, through mathematics. Through probably mathematics. And once I discovered this thing is more real than you and I could ever imagine. And I got into this word. 
My goodness, I know what it is to be driven out of your village. I know what it is for God to tell me it ain't going to happen while you're there. Stop fighting me and let me take you out of that village. You're too comfortable there. You're too complacent there. Everyone know, come on, let me take you out, sunshine. I know what that is. I know what it is to God do it again. I, I could see, but it's not clear. Let me do it again. And God never gave up. I know what it is. I've lived it. I've lived this thing. I mean, I've lived it. I know what it is to walk with a mess where things weren't clear, in other words. There was a lack of perfect clarity. And I'm just, the Lord told me when I was 14 years old, he spoke to me, and I'm, and I'm going to do it. I'm just going to walk. I'm going to walk. I'm going to walk. And I'll, I can tell you this. I have seen God in the past few years. I have seen things that I have never even seen ex exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything I could ever imagine or ask for because I walked in obedience. Not because I perfectly held on to God, but because God perfectly held on to me. All right. We're done. I'm on overtime. Are there any questions? Look up here for a second. Final note, and I'll let you go. I'll just do a collective prayer let you go. If you read John 9, there's an interesting verse there that says the following about his healing. It says, but it happened on the Sabbath. Open your eyes to the Sabbath paradox. What does that mean, preacher man? It wasn't supposed to happen on the Sabbath. That's a no-no. It, it wasn't supposed to happen on the Sabbath. It's a no-no. It happened when it wasn't supposed to happen. I'm here to tell you it's going to happen when it's not supposed to happen. Raise your, raise your hand. John 9, 9, 14. I'm, I'm just giving you the word. God will make it happen this year. And every year following, God will make it happen when it's not supposed to happen. He'll make it happen when your past says it's not supposed to happen. He'll make it happen when people around you say it's not supposed to happen. He'll make it happen when haters say it's not supposed to happen. He'll make it happen when hell says it's not supposed to happen. God will make it happen on the Sabbath. At the right time, I, the Lord, will make it happen. Isaiah 60, 22. So get ready. It doesn't matter what comes your way. God's going to make it happen. He even when it's not supposed to happen and you are about to see what you have never seen before. Let me pray for you. Father, I release this word under the anointing of your spirit, by the authority of your name, as you have directed me upon every single life here. Lord, help us right now embrace the reality that sometimes miracles are messy. And sometimes the process does not make sense. Sometimes it violates the norms of what we deem to be orthodox or proper. You do it your way. But Lord, we are grateful for messy miracles. We are thankful for that transference of the DNA of your spirit and your name, of your anointing and your authority. Lo que estaba en Cristo ahora está en mí. What was in Jesus is now inside of me. Thank you for transferring the spirit. Thank you for the authority of the name. And Lord, thank you for never giving up on us. Thank you because you make it happen on the Sabbath. I release this word upon every single person here today. In the name of Jesus, believing that they will see this year what they have never 
ever seen before. In Jesus' name. If this word was 179.3% for you, if, you're, if it wasn't, that's cool. No problem. I'm not offended. I'm just a pizza delivery guy. If this word was 183.1% for you, I want you to find the best praise you've given God this year thus far and release that praise right now in the name of Jesus. I'm going to call the pastor here and and, 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 because he will do it again. I'm going to call the pastor to come up here. I guess real quick, if you want to do this, you don't have to. You're not compelled. No coercion, no manipulation. That's God leads you. But if you're saying, Pastor Sam, say, oye, pero esto fue para mí 100%. This was for you. If this was like really you and and you're saying, Pastor Sam, I'm going to, there's things that are, there's a little bit of mess. I'm going to walk. If you need to walk out of your, if you need to come out of that village, you know what I'm talking about. I'm going to count to three. If you need to come out of the proverbial village and then you need to walk with the mess, I'm going to count to three. Just get out of your seat and join me somewhere here. I, but this anointing will be fully activated upon you and yours. One, two, three. Do it right now. Do it. Do it. Do it right now. Do it. Go, go, go. Stretch out your hands, church. 
And, and again, just, I'm obsessed with this word. I was a Promise Keeper board member, spoke for Promise Keepers for years back in the day. So I'm obsessed with this word called integrity. Out of the grace-filled work of Christ, but integrity to me is everything. And George travels with me literally across the world. I don't do this normally. I don't. It's not polity. So I don't have this policy before you finish. Pray over the pastor. I don't. 99.999%. Love you. Bless you. You're about to see what you've never seen before. I mean, you, it, it sounds like a, that's a nice freight. No, no, no. I mean, stretch out your hands here. I hear the word fulfillment and completion. There's a shift. I even hear this in the spirit. There's a pushback on the pushback. God's going to push back the things that try to push you back. This is the year of the pushback on the pushback. Your eyes are about to open up to things you have never, ever, 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 ever seen before. In your walk in Christ, in your calling and in your ministry, church, stretch out your hands. You're about to see the glory, the favor of God, the touch of grace, like you have never, ever seen before. Oh, receive that right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Receive that. Wow, wow, wow. It will exceed your wildest expectations. It will way, way above and beyond. New things, new things, new things, new things, new things. And it will happen on the Sabbath. I don't even know what that means, right? It will happen. When others have stated it cannot happen, it may not happen, it will not happen, it will happen when it's not supposed to happen. Open your eyes to the fullness of what God has for you in the name of Jesus. Oh. Amen. 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 We love you. We bless you. Go, go. Just go see. Open up your eyes. Open up your eyes. See everything God has for you. Raise your hands. Some of your, somebody here, your kids, you're so worried about your kids. This will be the last day you worry about your kids for the rest of your life. For the rest of your life. God says they're in my hands. And by the way, you're going to stop looking at them like trees. Which means you're going to stop looking at them via the, the, the lenses of the old. You're going to stop calling. No. you got to stop. 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 From this moment on, you will stop saying, but look, you're an addict. You're an alcoholic. You're this. You're that. No. From this moment on, when you see them, you will see them clearly. You will say, hello, prophet. Hello, child of God. Hello, worshiper. Hello, anointed of God. Hello, righteousness of God. 
you will bless and not curse. Amen. Amen. Did you get this? I am so over time. I probably won't be invited again, but I'm going to miss y'all. But listen carefully. In this nation, it's going to mess up everything you read in the news, CNN, MSNBC, ABC, Univision. We're about to see what we've never seen before. You think I'm kidding? What we're about to see next is going to make a Sousa and the Jesus movement look like appetizers. We are about to see a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon America like we have never seen before. So get ready. Don't drink the Kool-Aid, man. Get ready. God's not done with us yet. We love you. We bless you. I believe we have some books back there. I'm going to sign some books if you pick them up back there. If I don't see you soon, I'll, if I don't see you soon, I'll see you. Give me, give me your hand. Give me your hand right here. Give me your hand. Father, this is your son. This is your worshiper. This is your instrument of glory. Lord, you, you placed them on this planet to shift the atmosphere. So right now, I am speaking complete work right now. Right now, right now, upon his very eyes, literally as I speak, move right now. In the name of Jesus, transfer that DNA right now. In el nombre poderoso de Jesucristo, in the name of Jesus, amen, amen. If I don't see you soon, I'll see you in the biggest dance party of all. God bless you and God keep you. Stand up, pick up your mat and walk. The words of Jesus, John chapter 5, to the man who was paralyzed. Your days of paralysis are officially over. If you've been blessed by this program, if you've heard from heaven, if God has spoken to you, to your family, to your dream and your destiny, now I want to encourage you right now to generously sow a seed into this ministry. This ministry for the glory of God, not rhetorically, for the glory of God, we are seeing the world change. We are literally reaching millions around the world through God's transformative word, through his power, through his spirit. We're committed to the centrality of Christ, to the word of Almighty God, and through a free flow of his spirit. I want you to help me change the world. I don't want to talk about changing the world. I want to really change the world. But it requires your help, your financial investment, your generous love offering. The information's on the screen. Follow me on PastorSam.com, on Facebook, Reverend Samuel Rodriguez. Twitter and Instagram, Pastor Samuel Rodriguez. I want you to follow me right now, but I want you to visit our website and I want you to give right now. Sow a generous seed. I assure you, your life will be blessed because you and I will be the greatest blessing as we touch the world. We are not talking about changing the world. You and I, we're changing the world in Jesus' name. God bless you. God keep you. If this message is ministered to you, please consider sowing to this outreach ministry. Make your check payable to New Season, P.O. Box 246090, Sacramento, California 95824. Additionally, you may make a secure donation by visiting our website's give page at newseasonedworship.org. If you are in the Sacramento area, we invite you to join us at New Season Christian Worship Center. Sunday worship services are held at 9 a.m. and 12 p.m. We look forward to seeing you there. Thank you for watching. Join us next time on New Season with Pastor Sam Rodriguez.